0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating a third straight Collegiate 8s gold medal for the women's rowing team at the head of the Charles Regatta. Plus the women's golf team won the New England Intercollegiate Golf Championship and the cross-country teams shined at Oberlin College in the Interregional Rumble. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. (laughs) Guided by Senior Captain Cox and Maya Sation, the Bates women's first varsity eight made history by claiming first place out of 27 boats in the women's collegiate eights at the 55th Head of the Charles Regatta on Sunday. The three-time defending NCAA champion Bobcats became the first program to take first place at the Head of the Charles in the Collegiate Eights race three consecutive years. It's the fourth time in program history Bates has won the Collegiate Eights race, tying the Bobcat women with Williams College for the most wins since the race was first established in 2002. Sation and her crew navigated the winding 4,800-meter course on the Charles River in 16 minutes, 26.595 seconds. And Maya Sation is our female Bobcat of the Week. female bobcat of the week senior captain maya Sation, with us here on the bobcast talking women's rowing and well the bobcats did it again maya uh, this is your first time coxing the varsity at the head of the charles got another gold medal though third in a row for the program take us through the experience of steering the team down the
1: river there absolutely i think it goes without saying that this this boat of women was just an incredible one and regardless of who did end up coxing them or who was going to end up coxing them i think they, as a boat, are very mature. We got a lot of upperclassmen in that boat, you know, um, three really strong seniors in Emily Wheeler and Hannah Fitz, Grace Smith, three of them, super strong. And then obviously we had a lot of really strong juniors in there and then one sophomore who uh, who brought us in. But it's a mature boat. It makes it easy to cox, and, and frankly, just having their power coming down the river was amazing. Um, the Charles is not an easy course by any means, and so... Having, having a stroke seat to look at who, who made me feel calm, uh, having the rest of the boat there to back me up was just – it was an awesome experience.
0: I understand there's tons of alums there cheering on the team down the course. Did you, did you notice that? Cause I, ate, I was talking to Aiden <laughs> on the men's side talked about how like he could hear – um the, the when they go under the bridges here, the fans saying go yeah. baits and stuff.
1: Oh totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think there probably wasn't a single stretch of that entire river where we couldn't hear alums or we couldn't hear someone screaming baits. Which is just it's not our river, but it it felt like it for a little bit just because of the number of alums that are there cheering you on. You can hear people and I think for the rowers and for for me as well, it's just it's energizing, it's exciting, it's it's what gives you that fire to keep going. So unlike in a
0: 2K race, um, not everyone goes at once, yes. right? So when did you find out that you'd won?
1: <laughs> this is actually a, a funny moment. So we, <laughs> we finished the piece and I, I was really happy with it. I thought it was a great piece and, and they, could, you know, they could barely talk. They were so tired. Yeah. Um, and that's typical for, for post races. But, we, you know, we went all the way down. They make you go down a little farther to, uh, to cool down, turn, and started coming back. And we're approaching the dock, and this man on a launch, on a coaching launch, he goes, you know, Bates, why aren't you smiling? Smile, Bates, smile, come on, let me see some smiles. And all of us are sitting there, and we're like, what? why should we be smiling? We don't know what happened. We're yeah. so, you know, we're nervous, we're scared, we don't know what the result was. And uh, as we get back onto the, to the dock, we, we finally dock, and, and Haley is like, putting up a number one sign. And that's kind of when everyone was like, okay, we got it, we got it. And that was a a great feeling. Nice.
0: And then the podium, obviously always fun to go up there and accept the the gold medal, right? What was it like up there?
1: Absolutely. I think, again, it goes without saying that no boat would be here without the rest of the team, without the coaches Mm -hmm. who make it all possible. Uh, without you know the 2v and the 4 and the rest of the women's team the rest of the men's team honestly that that help us get where we can go and where we could possibly be so it's looking down at at those people and seeing their faces smiling back up at us that make us get to where we can go so I mean it's just hugest thanks and and you just support and love for the, for the coaches and for the rest of our team.
0: You mentioned that you were happy when you crossed the finish line of how it went. You, you felt it went, you know, pretty good. Were there any parts that were a little more nerve-wracking down the course? I mean, I know there's some tricky turns under the bridges and everything.
1: Absolutely. There, there are always moments going through the Charles where you're, as a coxswain, you're, you know, you're either on the rudder or you're just having your rowers crank. Uh, and and you're like, oh, man, I'm not going to make this turn. Or I'm, I'm just, I'm going to hit a bridge this time. This is not feeling good. But it's a wonder that sometimes that feeling means you're, you're turning hard enough or you're, you're getting there. And so definitely I'd say for me the hardest turns are always Weeks and, and Elliot. And, you know, Weeks was one where I was like, okay, we made it, fine. And then Elliot, I was like, okay, yeah, we nailed this one. We got this. And it was a great feeling coming out of Elliot and feeling like, yeah, as a boat, we had just had a good row. Um, And I think for us that was something that we really just wanted to to feel good coming down the course
0: For those who don't know Elliot's like one of the bridges or yes
1: Elliot's one of the bridges. (laughs) Elliot's the last bridge. So it's about 1k left there And so for us, it's like you come through that 1k point out of a you know about 5k race And you're like, okay, this is where I'm letting it all loose Like I am burning the gas that's left in this tank. We are we're driving
0: Because at that point if you make that turn is it basically just like you're back in a 2k sprint?
1: kind of yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much you're yeah. you're you're through that turn you finish up the last little bit of it and you're straight shot to the finish line and you just you empty it you just go for it and i think i felt that i think they felt that and especially for the seniors in the boat, it was like, just, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, and, and it was awesome, yeah.
0: You have some fellow captains on the team as well. Totally. Hannah Fitz, you mentioned she's in the boat. Yes. Um, one of their captains as well, I believe, right?
1: Grace Murnhan, yes, Grace in Mernhan. the 2 V. Yep. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: What's it like so far working with them?
1: Oh, it's nothing but incredible. It is. I think every person's dream to work with two other captains who are just so on the same page and so supportive. But I think we are so, so lucky in that every other senior on the team has us backed up. And, you know, yeah, there are three official captains, but every senior is like a captain on this team. And I think you couldn't ask for anything better to have a senior class that supports you in every decision you're making and have the maturity and respect and responsibility of every sort of Uh, other person, every other upperclassman on the team. is just, it's been so awesome.
0: Peter mentioned that after the race is over, he's typically just surrounded by a bunch of parents and he can't, (laughs) there's no time to do anything for you or you're just surrounded by a bunch of alums or, um, you know, your family and whatnot.
1: Totally. I think seeing the alums on Saturday and then having them be there again on Sunday is just, Mm -hmm. it's such a great feeling to have everyone kind of run up to you and congratulate you. And I think for me, my progression throughout the team uh, it's been – it was – I couldn't have asked for a better way to finish it out. And, uh, you know, my dad ended up surprising me and, oh. and coming too, which was so nice. And so it was just – it was an awesome feeling. It, it's just – there are no – really no words to describe it. It's super cool.
0: A little bit about maybe your background. You're a senior now. How did you first decide you wanted to come to Bates for college from Connecticut there?
1: Totally. Um, we had students from my high school who did end up going to Bates. And uh, I had a, a family friend who had gone to Bates, and they had – you know, an endless list of things they loved about it. And for me, I knew I wanted to row in college. I knew I wanted to cox in college. And so it was finding a place that really made that a possibility. And I made my decision to go to Bates later than I should have. Um, and I just, I couldn't have been happier about it. And, and I have absolutely no regrets. Bates has been and is one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. So... Excellent.
0: Yeah. Well, winter season now, well, <laughs> not really a season, but winter, um, the rowers have to get on that erg machine oh, yes. by themselves, yes, and, totally. and we're, what do the coxswains do now? Do you get a little time, a little downtime, or no?
1: No, downtime doesn't <laughs> exist in rowing, so if anything, I like to think of winter season as uh, the season where we push ourselves in the spring and, it, and frankly spring season starts here mm. uh, for us so yeah fall may be over and it's unfortunate that we're off the water in another week but winter is where we get faster you win races in the winter um, and so it's as captain as a coxswain pushing the team every second we can in that erg room and the rowers just have the mental endurance and the capability and the discipline to get in there and work hard every day so as coxswain's we gotta back back them up and do it too. We gotta be in there and you get on the erg also? Oh no. But we're in the erg room coxing as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. If there are circuits, if there are, you know, other workouts, we're doing those mm-hmm. too. And so as a coxswain it's a great time to, you know, get the chance to work out yourself. And yeah, it may not be on the erg, but doing other stuff too. Sure. Um, yeah. So supporting them in any way we can.
0: So as a senior, what are you studying? What are you majoring here at
1: Bates? I'm a politics major. I'm pre med. So trying to balance those two things has been kind of interesting and, and uh fun in some ways not so fun in others but uh trying to finish up figuring out what plans are next do so you yes. see medical
0: school then in your future
1: hopefully yeah. yes <laughs> hopefully we'll see what the next year and a half has in store for me and then kind of figuring out what what the med school application process is gonna look like yes totally
0: okay great and then well uh, any final thoughts on the race down the taros and getting that third straight gold medal for the team
1: i mean i think it's clear that that my uh Predecessors and then the people who came before me are the ones who have really set that path. And it's it's giving the boat, the the people in that boat, the the course that they deserved. Giving the rest of the team the course that they deserved. I think was really important to me. And being able to uh, to just hold that place, you know, re-earn that bow ball number one for next year is is what I was thinking about. Just how do you leave that legacy for the people behind you and and earn it again for the people who who earned it before.
0: All right, Maya Station, our female Bobcat of the Week, thanks so much. Thank you. The women's second Varsity 8 was the top finisher among 2V boats, finishing 16th, and the Varsity 4 took a program best 11th out of 36 boats in its race. On the men's side, led by senior Cox and Holland Doyle, the first varsity 8 finished 17th out of 38 boats in the collegiate 8s race on Sunday, an improvement over last year's 22nd place finish. The Bobcats also entered a boat in the men's collegiate fours, and junior coxswain Aiden Temperino led the Bobcats to a strong 14th place showing out of 40 boats.
2: So it's definitely a little uh, very different from coxing an 8 in the sense that I'm kind of in a whole new position in the boat, um, so when you're coxing in the 8, you're in the back of the boat or the stern of the boat. Um, kind of steering, and then when you're coxing a four, you're in the bow of the boat, so you kind of lie down in the front in this little, like, uh, I call it the little like, cockpit of the boat, and you kind of lie down all scrunched up, and then you have a little steering device right in front of you, so you can't see any of your rowers who are all moving behind you. Um, so you kind of just have to have a lot of faith in them um, that everything's going well behind you, but um, you do have a good clear shot of the course kind of ahead of you. So that's the main kind of difference of coxing a four.
0: And it's interesting. You mentioned you can't see your own rowers. Do you, are you communicating with them, though? How do you do that?
2: Yeah, so the whole time I'm talking to them mm-hmm. um, about what I can see in front of me, um, what I can kind of feel in the boat. Um, So a lot of coxing a four is all about how you feel um, your rowers behind you and you can make a lot of technical calls and advice to them how to fix things based on how it feels for you in the bow. Um, So again though going back to a lot of trust it's a lot of me communicating with them and then I have my bow seat. Uh, who was Jackson Chung yesterday, um, and he was communicating with me about what he could see going in the other direction. Um, So he's only a few inches behind me, so we would kind of be constantly in communication with each other. So it's a lot of communication in a four.
0: Last year, you had an interesting experience at the Charles where uh, because of some travel snafus, if I recall, you had to jump in and cox the first varsity eight down the river. What was that experience like? And now did, what did you learn from that? Did you applied this year, even though it was a four, seven, eight.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a crazy experience last year, um, you know, along with getting a notice, a call about, I would say maybe three hours before the race last year getting a call saying can you come take the team down um the charles today um so that was kind of a whole experience the weather last year was also um, very different than mm-hmm. how it was yesterday it was really windy it was very cold um there were some white caps throughout the race so um very different experience last year and it was also in an eight yeah. um so this year i i learned a lot from that going into this year such as just kind of how to navigate the course um in a better way um, what to expect more going into it, um, because last year was the first time I had coxed head of the Charles. Um, so kind of, it, it was a really great learning experience, and then bringing that this year, um, where I had a little bit more of a head sum going into the race <laughs> this year, um, it really gave me a good perspective about what to expect um, come Sunday at race time, um, and kind of how to keep um, my rowers calm, and then kind of have a good press calming presence um, in the day it was really important for me, so.
0: Nice. And your background is interesting. Coming to Bates, you'd never been involved with rowing, if I understand. So how did you get involved with the program here?
2: Yeah, so I had heard about rowing throughout high school, um, but my high school didn't have a rowing team uh, at the time. So I had been something I'd really been interested in coming into college. Um, and then my JA, my first year here, uh, was the men's first varsity coxswain for a couple of the past couple of years, Ariel Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of talked to me a lot about her experience doing it um, and really encouraged me to come out and just try it for a day and then a day kind of turned into a week and then a week turned into the fall season and then here we are uh, three years later um, still kind of really being very passionate about doing it Um, loving being a coxswain on the team Um, I'm not quite big enough to be a rower (laughs) Um, so uh, I didn't quite have that height so I think it was a really good position for me to kind of get into the sport um, at that level and then I've learned a lot from our coaches here um, from the other rowers have all been really kind and welcoming to me um, as far as with the learning curve as far as the learning curve goes and really giving me great advice and tips on how to get better and improve my performance so I can better help them.
0: I was going to ask about that learning curve because, I mean, I can only imagine, like, going to the first rowing practice. What was the first one you went to like, and what were the first things you had to learn?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember very distinctly getting in the boat the first day, and actually Max Milovitz, um, mm-hmm. who is one of our senior captains right now, was actually my stroke seat at that time. Uh, and I remember that first day, he just kept giving me new hints and tips um, as far as things to say, how to steer the boat properly, um, and kind of just help keep a calm presence in the boat, which I think is one of the most important um, jobs that a coxswain has, is making sure everyone feels calm and know that there is someone (laughs) leading them. Um, So that's kind of the biggest uh, thing I've had to learn over the years is just how to keep myself calm, keep my rowers calm, make sure that they know that I have everything under control. So that's kind of a big thing, a big thing that's come about it has been confidence. Um, So I've really learned that over the years.
0: (laughs) And you're a junior now, Mm -hmm. but your first year here you got to be an alternate at IRAs, right? Yeah. What was that experience like, making that trip? And did you realize, I mean, it was their goal, but you didn't have much of a background in rowing. Did you realize the the, the level, what this meant kinda?
2: Yeah, it yeah. definitely was a, an absolutely crazy first year to be here um, on the rowing team. I had no idea going into that what IRAs was. I remember one of the first weeks, the captains started kind of mentioning mentioning these like acronyms, yeah. and <laughs> I had no idea what they were talking about until Probably later into the season when it finally started to become something that was on our horizon that we were really working towards. Um, And then that first season, getting to uh, be the coxswain for the Men's Varsity 4 at NIRCs where we got to win a gold medal that year, which was really, really special. Um, And then kind of really hopefully um, set the tone for um, a lot of the other boats the rest of the day was really, really special. Um, So getting to be a part of the program and join on that year was absolutely unforgettable. Um, and kind of a crazy journey that has um, led us let us here. But I think beyond everything that's happened in the past, the most important aspect that we kind of took away from that year was how close we gained, were as a team that year and the dynamics that we had with each other I think was the most important thing. But it was crazy to kind of come in on my first season of rowing and then reach that level um, right off the bat was absolutely insane. And getting to be at the IRA um, Regatta was Truly something I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah,
0: because your gold medal in the fours, I believe, was the first gold medal Bates had won in IRC's in a men's rowing ever, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: yes, it was, <laughs> um, which is uh, definitely something really special. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that it's framed on my wall right now. Um, so very, very proud of that. And um, even though a lot of the, the guys in that four have now graduated and moved on, we're still very close. Um, we've remained close over the years, which has been really, really special to me, um, we had a really great dynamic and I think that's a big part of, um, of rowing in general, especially, you know, at, very much in an 8-2, but I also think in a 4, it's really important to have a strong dynamic of people. Um, who really trust each other and have each other's backs and I think we had that both then and then we also really had that on Sunday with a whole new group of guys.
0: Well I was gonna say I mean the rowing rosters are just huge. I mean there's so many rowers. obviously the boats are smaller four or eight but and but people are moving in and out of boats throughout the year right So how do you keep those relationships growing?
2: Yeah, it's definitely um, a definitely kind of a challenge to really start to read people at a very um, quick pace um, you know especially leading into the Charles this year with our four. Uh, we were really changing around seats and who was going to be where up until about a little about over a week and a half before leading into Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really important to me once we kind of found that dynamic of people who were going to be the four to really foster um, a close relationship. So we would do, you know, a couple little team bonding things here and there, um, trying to make sure that we were being really positive with each other and really supportive and inclusive um, and I think it really showed that we were—we ended up becoming very close. Um, we were actually driving back up last night uh, from the race and talking about just how we've really enjoyed becoming kind of really close friends yeah. over the past week and a half. Um, so I think that's been something that's really important to me is to really foster that relationship. And kind of since I'm driving the boat to really lead that um, experience as well, off the water as well.
0: And then the atmosphere at the Charles, I mean, I've heard the stories about how many people are just on the river, the sheer number of people at that at this event, because there's so many races. Mm-hmm. What's that experience like? I mean, are you aware of the crowds, kind of, or are you joining in?
2: Well, even just as far as other boats on the water, too, the event yeah. uh, that we were in had 40, I want to say maybe a mm-hmm. little, 42 boats um, in the event, um, so just that itself was a huge um, a number of people who were all getting ready to go into this one race together um, but then as far as the crowds on the shore it's crazy because with every bridge you cross under you just hear this massive like screaming like go baits, like yeah and it's it's really this exhilarating rush um, but then at the same time my job as we do that is to really focus the boat in to block all of that sound out but it's really nice that a lot of the city of Boston comes out to support the um, event um, there were so many alumni, I can't even count how many alumni were there um, both during my alumni of my time here at Bates and then even as far back as you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago who come out every year to support us and so we really appreciate that Um, confidence boost and getting to see all the baits colors as we come under the bridges and to hear that is a big boost of confidence. Um, One of my favorite calls that I made last year during the race and I made it again this year is that you know they're cheering for you boys like this is your time so and I think that's really true so it's great.
0: Nice. So growing up, did you play other sports, or and then what made you want to come to Bates? Obviously, you weren't coming to be on the rowing team. You ended up on the rowing team. What kind of prompted that college decision to come up here?
2: Yeah, so in high school, I did uh, running a little bit, so okay. I did cross-country and track yeah. in high school. Um, and then I, it wasn't something I was looking to really continue into college. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as far as how I heard about Bates, there were a couple different avenues I had heard about it from, but the main one was I had had a professor in high school who was an alumni, I want to say he was an O2 alumni, and he spoke very highly of his time here. Uh, He was a skier here on campus, um, so he talked to me about a little bit about what it was like to be an athlete here on campus, um, but just overall kind of what the Bates student was going to be like, and I think that was something that was really appealing to me. Uh, And I came and visited a couple times throughout my college visits, and every time I was here, I always felt really welcomed um, by people. I always talk about um, I came during homecoming, or uh, back to Bates weekend mm-hmm. my senior year, and I sat in the the bleachers to watch the game and just how included I felt and my whole family felt too just by the whole crowds here. Um, and I think that was a big part of my decision-making to come here to Bates.
0: Awesome. What well, are your thoughts on this past Sunday there at the Charles?
2: Yeah, this past Sunday, was an, it was an absolutely crazy day. I'm so proud of all the boats that raced. Um, I think we all had really strong showings, um, both on the men's side and on the women's side. Obviously, the women um, did absolutely amazing yesterday, and I'm so proud to get to uh, race, nec- or race next to them and practice next to them every day, um, and then as well as the men's uh, varsity eight had a very strong showing, too. So I think we all should be very proud of what we did, um, and it's always an honor to get to be part of this team and to get to race with all these other boats because I think it really shows how hard... Uh, we work and how much we really care about what we do.
0: The cross-country teams competed at the Oberlin Inter-Regional Rumble on Saturday, with the women taking second place out of 32 teams, outracing ranked opponents John Carroll, Baldwin-Wallace, and Case Western, among others. Senior captain Olivia LaMarche placed 10th among 283 runners.
3: It was exciting to get out of our region and beat some ranked teams because it shows that even though we might not be top in our region, we're still really strong runners and strong competitors, and it just... We happen to be in a really strong region, so getting out of that is cool to see what we can do um, and how strong we are.
0: What's it like being one of the leaders this year as a senior? You know, helping the uh, you know some first, some talented first years and sophomores adjust to the um, you know the team dynamic and whatnot.
3: Um, it's exciting. I mean, I've seen a lot of people before me that were amazing leaders, and it kind of never seemed like. I would get to this point that I'm now the senior and we have a really young team this year. Um, So it's definitely been, we've had a lot of great energy coming into a lot of the meets just because a lot of our team is young and this is a lot of the times it's um, new for them. Um, Like this weekend was for a lot of them was the first 6K. Um, So I think it's, it's exciting for me to be able to see how competitive such a young team can be and um, as a senior kind of help try to guide them along the way.
0: So yeah, your first few races of the year every, every year are 5Ks and you work up to 6K. As Do you like that or do you just want to go right away to 6K?
3: I guess I like that. It kind of gives you a chance to get your legs under you and get back into it I definitely do better at the 6k's and I actually like 6k's better so I think maybe I could do with a few less 5k's earlier on (laughs) in the season but I think it's beneficial to not just jump right into a 6k and have those first few races that aren't maybe as competitive with as many competitors to get back into it and get back into the competitive mindset
0: certainly and then what was the course at Oberlin like?
3: flat <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was so flat like I have never seen a flatter course
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how does that change things Is you you all always you know train at Pineland which is known for being hilly
3: yeah so I always think that one of our strengths is hills as a team because mm-hmm. we train at Pineland we know the hills that is something that doesn't scare us we we know we can get at out there we pass girls in the hills so I was a little nervous going into Oberlin just because it was so flat and that isn't something we typically train so it was definitely faster race than we're used to Um, we got off the line a lot faster than usual and through the first mile was definitely fast and I think that shocked me a little bit as we were going through the first mile and I was like uh oh I hope I can keep going. (laughs) Um, but we ended up doing really well, so it was exciting to see that we can do both hilly courses and flat courses. Well, I
0: was talking to Bart Russell on the men's team, and he said it basically felt like a track meet almost.
3: It really did. I mean, I'm used to running the 5K and the 10K on the track, yeah. um, and one of the things I like about cross country is that there's that variety, but this really almost felt like running a track meet because it was just – how fast can I go, and how long can I sustain that pace without worrying more about pacing with hills and things like that.
0: So I know um, Jill Richardson, her first year, has been one of the top runners this year along with you. Do you typically run with her, or how does that typically work?
3: Yeah, we've typically been running together, which is really nice because it makes it a lot better to run with a buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, she'll pull me forward, I'll pull her forward, and um, It's, yeah, we usually try to stay with each other as long as we can, and then, you know, on that day, whoever is feeling best might pull ahead, but it is great to have that person to run with.
0: So as a senior, what are you majoring here at Bates?
3: I'm an environmental studies major. Through high school, I've always been interested in the environment, and... I was part of an environmental club in my high school and so when I was looking for schools I looked for schools that I knew had a strong environmental studies program and a strong culture around sustainability Mm -hmm. and I definitely found that in Bates and so I kind of knew right away I was going to be an environmental studies major.
0: So any other thoughts on this past weekend and how it's preparing you for you know NESCACs and, and New England's coming up?
3: Yeah I think it just kind of can give us a little bit more confidence going into NESCACs and regionals that we are a very deep team and we when we run together we can run our best and so I think it's just exciting. I'm really excited to see where we can go in NESCACs. I think the race in Ohio was a stepping stone to help us build as a team and help people kind of find the people that they're going to be running with. And I think now that we have that and we have that behind us, it'll be, it'll be cool to see what we can do at NESCACs and regionals.
0: All right, Olivia LaMarche, thanks so much. Thank you number 17 nationally ranked Bates men's cross country team finished fifth out of 39 schools at Oberlin, out-racing ranked teams John Carroll and Trine. Sophomore Bart Rust led the Bobcats with an 11th place finish out of 339 runners overall, and he is our male Bobcat of the week. Strong performance, top to bottom. You happen to lead the way, but it seems like everyone was pretty close together throughout the entire race.
4: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I knew they were there. Um, I got out. We we all got out well. Um, just sort of. Tried to hang with the front pack as long as I could. I knew my teammates were with me, um, right behind me. I could kind of feel their energy uh, through the through the like, first half of the race, and that's when it starts to get really fun. And you, you know, you just got to keep working and grinding, get through. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, just that front pack started started moving, and I just knew we just got to hang on and keep keep going, and we'll run something fast. And hopefully, the uh, the team scores will sort of sort themselves out. And, pretty much did yeah. um yeah i mean could have been could obviously could have been faster could have been uh could have been even further up but you know it's, it's a good place to start first fast course of the year
0: certainly well tell me a little bit about the course in general kind of the conditions there i mean it's obviously one you haven't raced before i'm sure
4: yeah yeah we haven't uh it's the aside from nationals last fall it's the farthest uh, farthest we've been from uh, from campus in a while yeah. um yeah and then uh completely flat made bowden which is already a pretty flat course look hilly okay um <laughs> perfect weather i think at the at the start it was like 50 degrees and sunny dry um just good conditions the grassy and a little bit of a little bit of dirt and wood chips on the back trails but it was good fast good fast course for sure kind of more like a track meet than a cross-country race yeah
0: interesting interesting and so for you I mean you're a sophomore but last year you made an immediate impact as a first year what have you been working on you know from last year to this year to continue to improve in cross-country
4: um mainly just I've been I've upped my mileage a little bit mm-hmm. um just getting stronger just trying to just the more the more time I can spend out there and the more uh, more strength I can get my legs um fashion, haven't really worried about a whole lot of speed work recently um cross-country was fun last season but I, I think I. Kind of track season was sort of when I really started to mm-hmm. started to get it understand what I need to do to make myself better and combination of stretching and mobility stuff and then I'm just doing the workouts as best I can um, and just making sure all my runs I'm doing what I need to be doing and I think that's true for most of the team too mm-hmm. is everyone's been really good this year about doing what they need to do to make sure we stay healthy make sure we stay competitive and make sure we keep improving race to race or season to season hopefully.
0: You touched on track because it's always interesting because obviously you have the cross-country team, yeah. then you have track and field season, which the team gets much bigger because a lot of other people come in or they're sprinters or throwers or whatnot. But cross-country guys probably still have a pretty tight bond during track season as well, right?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the cross-country team basically becomes the mid-distance <laughs> and distance side of it. So we're all still all still doing pretty much the same thing. But mm-hmm. instead of going to Pineland or a uh, golf course for our workouts, we're, uh, we're just on the track doing – similarly distanced reps and yeah. stuff like that but yeah it's pretty much the same you know they fresh doesn't want to risk any of us lifting something heavy and trying to throw it so sure. you know we, uh, <laughs> we, we 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 just stick to the running in the, in the spring so yeah
0: certainly and then the team it just seems like there's so much depth. Tell me about your, some of your teammates and what you've noticed from them. Um, and, you know, you know, you have Justin Levine, you have these other guys who've been doing this for a little while, and it seems like everyone's fairly even.
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a lot of fun. Um, it, make, it makes it a lot easier when you've got a, a nice pack at the front, too, to really work well with. Workouts have been, workout's been really good. We've all been we're starting to, have, like, we've got this belief in each other and trust in each other. Like, when we find each other on the course, we're working together, we're bringing each other along and just making sure that um, as much as we can, we're helping ourselves and helping our teammates and doing that. So um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Justin's been killing it. Um, mm-hmm. Both our captains have been killing it. Ryan Ryan yeah. Neal is uh, more traditionally more of a track guy, more of a eight mi- hundred miler kind of kind of type, but uh, he's really stepped up for cross this year. He was alternate for nationals last year, and now he's mm-hmm. showing what he can do. Um, Tucker Barber is always sneaky fast. He's just he's just out of nowhere. He'll just show up in a race and go oh that's right Tucker's Tucker's an animal um yeah. and uh and then we got uh, the other the other sophomores um have, everyone's been improving a lot we, we had a uh, there were four of us on the trip to Ohio um myself Nick Stathos Jackson Donahue and Henry Raff mm-hmm. um and I mean uh Raff was Raff was our six I think and Donahue was our seven and Stathos was our eight so we've got a got a good group in the yeah. class of 22 um hopefully keep moving them up and then we've got a we've got some some scary freshmen too who nice. are who are uh, really really helping out too um uh Eli Beshteining was right. stayed with me he was my recruit so I'm gonna take a little take a little bit of the <laughs> credit for that. him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no he's been absolutely killing it this year I mean we all we sort of knew when he uh like last spring when he started when he was running track we were all like he's gonna be he's gonna be okay he's gonna yeah. he's gonna do what he needs to do and he's gonna run fast and it, it, he certainly has and all, really, all of the freshmen that have come in have been working so hard and just like any other, like they'd be like they're all tremendous additions to yeah. the team. Like they've been, they've been so good about like just buying into a, trying to what buying into what we're trying to build and working hard every day and showing up when they need to.
0: What was it like seeing this basically brand new competition this past week? I mean, teams you had not seen before, at least this year, you might have seen them at Nationals last year. I don't know, but
4: uh yeah well my recollection of uh nationals is a little bit uh a little bit hazy because i uh i was like oh boy this is definitely harder than i thought it would be and i remember <laughs> i i got about halfway in and i was like okay this is this is very fast all of the teams are going that way and i feel like i'm going uh, maybe not backwards but maybe not moving relative <laughs> to them but um yeah no it was really good to uh get out of region, see some see some people other than like colby and bowden and those guys because we see them every weekend right. um it was good we we got a got a good look at um Berea or Berea I'm not quite sure how to say it but they're number one team in the south region and Mm -hmm. they sort of proved why they they were they look really good um really all the teams that were almost all the teams that were there looked really strong and like it it's just a good experience um even though they're not competing in our regional meet it's sort of it's sort of um parallel to what we're gonna have to do in in about a month um at regionals is go out and run against teams that can run that fast and will run that fast. So it's again just a good good starting point. End of the regular season, I guess, for yeah. us. Kind of postseason starts with NESCACs, and then we're yeah. I was gonna say
0: because like NESCACs are important, obviously, yeah. but really it's the meet after NESCACs, in New England regionals. That's so. How do you kind of approach NESCACs knowing you have an even bigger meet following after
4: that? Um, so NESCACs, um, I mean, obviously you want to. I mean, you want to beat all the other NESCAC yeah. teams. Um, um for us is usually it's sort of it's sort of like a pre-regional kind of because the yeah. um, not the only other team that's showing up, but the only um, usual contender that'll be showing up for regionals is like MIT. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically just it's NSCAC and MIT. I feel like we usually think of it as NSCAC and MIT for sure. like those top ten spots in New England. Mm-hmm. So it's a good, it's a really good chance to see um, sort of what regionals is going to look like. Um, at regional time because we run we run against like we will run against Middlebury and Tufts early in the season but that doesn't mean a whole lot because when you run against them in September there's still two months of yeah. building everyone's doing to get to where they need to be for regional so um, yeah Nescax will be fun you want the brag everyone wants the bragging rights everyone wants to beat as many people as you can um, won't be easy but it'll be a, it'll definitely be a tough course tough competition so we'll just God, see what happens. Do what we know we can do, and I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. Um, and then as for regionals, I mean, that's when we really gotta yeah. buckle down and run another fast time. Um, like I said earlier, Bowden, Bowden's a very flat course, not quite Oberlin flat, mm. but it's fast. Um, last year it was really fast. Like everything, just about everyone PR'd yeah. who was running at regionals, like in Bowdoin, it's just a completely flat course. Not quite completely flat. You have to run up and over their javelin runway, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's it's just again just another another just step along the way and trying to get back to nationals and running against competition that's gonna be that we're gonna have to keep facing over and over again. All right, Bart Russ, Male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: The golf teams competed at the New England Intercollegiate Golf Association Championships on Sunday and Monday. Led by junior Preston Hall and senior captain Andrew Garcia-Bow, the men placed 13th out of 22 schools. Meanwhile, the women took first out of four schools, out shooting runner-up Husson by two strokes. Junior captain Brittany Sipe and junior Ellie Murphy led the Bobcats over the course of two days, with Murphy shooting a team best 93 on Monday.
5: This was our first time playing here. Um, it was on Cape Cod, so obviously very nice. Um, the conditions the first day were pretty good. Um, it was nice and sunny, like nothing too nothing too bad. Um, the one thing I will say about the course is that it was pretty long, and all of the coaches agreed that it was pretty long for the women's teams. I think it was about 5,700 yards on both um, 18 courses, because there was two different 18-hole courses that we played. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so it was a pretty big golf course. Um, Definitely long, so harder for those of us who aren't big hitters like myself. Um, Yeah, so that's where a lot of the challenge came in was just like distance-wise. Greens were challenging, hard to read. Um, Most of the time you would expect break and not get any, and so that was kind of difficult to navigate. But with the help of Coach, you could eventually figure it out and just kind of your thing so
0: you mentioned so you played one course one day and a completely different course the next
5: yeah so they have two courses from what I understand there's like port and starboard or something like that um so the first day I think we played the court course or it might be the opposite but we played one during our practice round Hmm. Um, so I knew that one pretty well and the rest of the team knew it pretty well but the first day that we played we played the course that we hadn't practiced on first so that was kind of a surprise Um, but yeah they were pretty similar in terms of like whole structure all that sort of stuff
0: yeah so the first day concludes you know you're tied with Huston for first at that point what's going through your mind the next day knowing you have a chance to you know win this thing as a team
5: um, it was honestly really exciting. Um, we went into it expecting that we could, um, like, at least be neck and neck with Hassan, given our um, previous tournaments this season. Um, so it was really exciting to know that we were like tied, and that if we put in the effort, we could potentially win the next day. So it was just like a lot of really good energy on the team, excited to get like back out on the course and show them what we had in store. <laughs>
0: So on Monday, um, how how do you find out at the end that you'd won, kind of?
5: Oh, that was actually kind of a fun story. So we were, like, they had live results. This was, like, the first time I had ever seen it. So someone out on the course had a phone and was typing in scores live. Um, But the calculator, I guess, like, somehow messed up, and we had thought that we had lost to Hassan by one stroke. So the whole team was a little disappointed. But they told us to wait and stay for the award ceremony, and then – We went into it thinking that we were going to get like a nice like second place plaque and then we walked in and they said that we had come in first place by two strokes and that was the most exciting moment i think for all of us we were all really surprised really excited that the work had paid off and that things worked out for us it seems like
0: this year obviously, coach fall his first year as head coach what what has his impact been on the women's golf program
5: um this year it's been really nice having coach fall and also john who's our assistant coach um, help us just in terms of like swing dynamics and putting advice i remember there was one practice this season where coach was with me for like an hour and a half just working on putting so that one-on-one time was extremely helpful for courses like this um so it's been nice having a coach who knows what he's doing and who is really helpful in terms of providing advice and moral support when we're out on the course um yeah, you see him like, walking around in between holes, and it's just nice to like wave to coach if you need help, and he'll come over, that sort of stuff.
0: Nice. So who were you playing with each of these days?
5: Um, so we play with a girl from each team. So okay. we played. I played with the same girl from Huston both days, who I know from a bunch of other tournaments. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. We're all friends. Um, and then we played with girls from Suffolk and J
0: Nice. And then, but and so Coach Paul is kind of roaming around, kind of finding the different players and whatnot.
5: Yeah. And yeah. then he hangs around the tougher holes and kind okay. of provides advice for tee shots, like where to aim, um, where you want to be on the green, how to read the green. It's nice getting that second opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, putting in particular, I mean, I know someone who has golfed a few times. Can be kind of frustrating, right? If you- <laughs> yeah, putting
5: is definitely pretty frustrating. Uh, yeah, the first day putting was challenging. I think for almost the entire team, including mm-hmm. the men's team, um, that was something that we had all agreed on. So that was something that I took with me into the second day. Was making sure that I was taking an extra minute just to read the putt, read the distance, all that sort of stuff, to make sure that I was at least getting it close enough to make it into.
0: Certainly, and then obviously this is the last tournament of the fall. Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be some stuff in the spring, and uh excited for your teammate Chloe there going to NESCAC, right? I'm
5: so proud of Chloe. I'm yeah. so excited for her. I think that's the first time that anyone from the women's team has qualified, and I think that's so cool. Um, yeah, I think we're going to try and do stuff this spring as well. Um, I'm not really sure what we have in store yet. I think it's still being planned, mm-hmm. but definitely something – is gonna happen I actually won't be here I'll be abroad oh, so be abroad. Okay. <laughs> yeah but I know the team i think I'm the only one from the women's team who's going abroad so Gosh. they'll definitely have a good time I'm gonna definitely miss out on being with them
0: where are you going abroad
5: I'm going to Paris okay yeah
0: have any much chance to golf there and in, in France
5: <laughs> I mean I would love to yeah. <laughs> I think that would be so cool I'm trying to go to um Ireland and uh, England at least like as a visit so I'll bring my golf clubs with me see if I can play over there. Yeah they have uh, in Europe I
0: know they have those what those links courses are a little different. I
5: think. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad's coming over too so I'm sure we'll go out and nice. play. So what are you studying here at Pace? Um, I'm a biochemistry and French double major. I'm still figuring out what I want to do but I definitely am interested in both science and language. So we'll see if I can combine those somehow. Excellent. Well, any
0: other thoughts on the weekend and bringing home that tournament title for the team?
5: Um, I'm just really proud of us. I think since my freshman year, we've come a long way. Um, I think the team has, well, the team itself has grown a lot for the women. And I love that we have so many first years on the team. And I really enjoy like the team dynamics between both the women's team and the men's team. Um, It was just a fun weekend, like getting to be with the other teammates and being in such a nice area and playing a really nice golf course in good weather. It's just really enjoyable, you know. I just love being out there and having a good time. The
0: field hockey, women's soccer, and men's soccer teams fell at Williams over the weekend. All three squads return home for their respective senior days this Saturday against Amherst. Meanwhile, the volleyball team went three and one over the weekend at the Hall of Fame tournament. Bates is 14 and seven on the year, and Senior Day is this Saturday when Bates hosts Trinity at 2 p.m. Sophomore Sydney Phillips leads the Bobcats on the attack, averaging 2.39 kills per set. Sydney, so far this year, you're tops on the team in kills per set. You've been playing a lot more now as a sophomore. What's that experience been like, getting you know a lot more time on the court?
6: Well I think the big change was switching from outside to right side. I feel like it's just a better fit um, for me and um, I've been doing a lot of work with Julia in individuals and in practice just really working on um, getting the consistency that I need to be hitting at.
0: Interesting so volleyball wise for people who don't know outside hitter versus right side similarities differences?
6: Um, well they're both the uh, pin positions so they're Fairly similar, except that um, on the right side it's a little bit of a quicker set, and um, I guess also usually um, on the outside you have to get more of like the out of system sets, so Mm -hmm. they might be a little less like consistent than they are on the right side. Gotcha.
0: And you mentioned working with Julia a lot. How was that like in practice and everything?
6: It's great. I really look up to her a lot. She's very confident and always makes sure to have her energy up and really to um, encourage everybody else on the team. Well, the team as a whole,
0: three wins out of four matches over the weekend. What what was the real point and emphasis from, you know, coach to, you know, in these non-conference matches prepare for some big NESCAC ones coming up?
6: I think the big thing that we focused on was just, like, working on our side of the court, just making sure we keep, like, our number of errors down because really, like, it like you are playing another team but like it's also all about like what's going on on your side
0: and then senior day coming up um you're obviously a sophomore but you obviously want to, against trendy what's it like playing at home there alumni gym and how excited are you to hopefully send the seniors off with a victory
6: it's definitely going to be an emotional day. I'm really looking forward to it. I just want to put all my effort into making it the best senior day for our seniors. Like I really love all of them and I just want to send them off on like a great note.
0: And what's the season been like so far? Because you had the 8-0 start to the year, some heartbreaking NESCAC matches, right? But, I mean, it seems like the team in general continues to improve, you know, each season.
6: I think just as the season goes on, we're all getting more comfortable playing with each other, and we're just, like, working out some of the kinks at, like, that always come about at the beginning of the season.
0: I was talking with uh, Delaney Mayfield about how those, those five-setters, the fifth set can be tricky, right? Because it's a shorter set. You have less time. What are you learning from, you know, playing some of those five-setters this year in terms of how to handle Handle that fifth set.
6: Um, well, we talked a lot about like not valuing the points at the end more than the ones at the beginning. Like you need to work hard for every point, point. and in order to like take away some of like the intimidation of like the fifteen point game, we've been doing a lot more um, like doubles and fours in practice where we play the fifteen points
0: academically. So you're a sophomore now. Have you decided on a major or anything like that?
6: Uh, yep, yeah, I'm planning on declaring in biology soon. I've always just been interested in science, and I hope to go pre-med one day. So, um, I just find like biology super interesting, just like the world around us.
0: Any classes in particular stuck out for you so far?
6: Um, I just really enjoyed uh, cellular and molecular biology. I just think everything we've learned so far is really interesting, and I'm excited to keep learning more.
0: Excellent. Well, what are your thoughts on the season so far and how it's gone for the team?
6: I think it's been a great season. Um, obviously, we want to do better at the five-set matches, but we've really been putting in work, and I think it's been showing. All right, Sydney Phillips, thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Last week, we wrapped up the men's tennis fall season with senior Jacob Eisenberg. This week, we wrap up the women's tennis fall season with junior Haley Washington. The Bates women defeated NCAA Division II opponent Franklin Pierce 8-1, to and Washington won at number 3 doubles and number 4 singles. Haley, uh, Division II school, Franklin Pierce, a couple weeks back coming in there to the Wallach Tennis Center, and the Bobcats, both the women and the men, uh, merged victorious. It must be a pretty good conference boost to beat a Division II program like that, right?
7: Yeah, I definitely think it was. I think... It actually had a lot to do with our um, like our aspect throughout the fall we've been really kind of trying to instill like this fearless mentality just kind of going out there and like trusting your strokes and like trusting the type of player that you are and we actually before the Franklin Pierce match had um, two days of the Bowden Invitational so we were playing two days before that and I think playing a lot of those matches just helped us like mentally get into the mode that we needed to be in like for this match and and then also it was a dual match. The men were playing also as well. And I think so it was very loud, the environment. We had the, the crowd. There was our home course. I think that helped a lot with our win that we had.
0: <laughs> Certainly. And for you personally, doubles and singles, how did that go? You know, you know, know What adjustments do you make when you go from one to the other?
7: Well, going from singles to doubles, I think the difference is um, having somebody with you on the court. I think that when you're with somebody, it's a little bit easier because you're not just not you don't have to just fight yourself like there's you have someone else to depend on to help like kind of boost you when you get a little tiff or whatever so um that's just i think that's a lot of it for me personally so going from doubles i think we had mentally i think it was a tough match Mm -hmm. because usually when you're playing against somebody that's they were mentally strong obviously and i think sometimes girls try to be intimidating just (laughs) just physically and just mentally and then or whatever so i think that was part of it and then transitioning to singles I think I love singles I like playing by myself I like the fight I like the everything I think it was just keeping the momentum going everybody was battling very well I I was playing next to um Lauren Hernandez who's a senior this year and I we played together my freshman year we like played court by court together so I think it's always good when you have um like people cheering, but you know it's mostly it's yourself out there. So you know you're just you, and it's just trying to mentally like you're finding your opponent, but you're also just trying to stay strong.
0: I'm curious. You know, you mentioned the bone Invitational, yes. right? So that's obviously more of a tournament format or round robin yes. or whatever you want to call it. A lot of the fall is like that, mm-hmm. right? Whether yeah. it be the Middlebury Invitational or mm-hmm. the Wallach or whatnot. So what's that like compared to the spring? You know, how do you approach fall versus spring?
7: I think. Part of the fall is definitely getting a feel for, it's a lot of doubles, so I think a yeah. lot of it is trying to figure out who you play best with and just like the situations for that. And I think it's a lot of it is also getting the freshmen prepared for the spring season because like you said, we have a lot of invitationals where, so it's like a lot of doubles, a lot of doubles matches. Wallach is just doubles. Bowdoin was singles and doubles. Mm-hmm. Um So that compared to the spring season, there's a lot more um, NESCAC matches in the fall that are... Applied to our, you know, our overall score. The, uh, the fall is also applied, but it's. Um, I think it's just a matter of just kind of transitioning into the spring season, especially for the freshmen that are coming in.
0: What's your approach during these winter months where you don't have any matches? These
7: winter months, we have. I actually have practice today at uh, six thirty. Um, it's we call it investment season, so it's definitely. For me personally, like my goals are just going to be to keep up tennis and just try to balance that and school. But a lot of it and what we're working towards is just like investing in yourself so you can be able to help the team grow and help yourself grow. So if that includes like our seltzer workouts, we work with closely with Mike Seltzer training off court. So we're doing a lot of those and then just um, endurance training and then also just like getting repeats of the ball and getting a lot of hits in. Certainly. Well, tell,
0: tell me a little bit about your background. You know, growing up in Michigan, how you started playing tennis and when you decided you wanted to come um, to, to Bates specifically for college.
7: <laughs> yes, I'm from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, which is about 14 hours away from Bates. <laughs> it's pretty far. Um, I started playing tennis, I think, in sixth grade, which is actually really Late for mm-hmm. tennis, a lot of people play start when they're like two and whatever. And I actually was I was dabbling around with a couple sports, track and volleyball. And then I started to narrow it down. I really started to fall in love with the game. Um, and then I actually have a friend who's at Tufts. She plays for the Tufts team, so I started looking into the NSCAC. And I did my visit at Bates with Coach Gay and Coach Woods, and I fell in love. I think when you do college visits, I think that's super important because I think. When you find the right college for you it kind of just feels like home and that's what it was for me and i i love it i love here
0: excellent and and so you mentioned you knew about the nescaq because of your friend at tufts right and so what, what were some reasons why Bates maybe stood out to, to compare to other schools yeah
7: i think that a lot of it was the welcoming environment. Like for, per, for me personally, coming from Michigan, I got really homesick my freshman year. And I think that the people here just very, compared to the Midwest, the people on the East Coast just in general, are just a lot more welcoming. And especially the people in Maine. Like they're, they're super nice, they're super happy all the time. And a lot of it had to do with the environment for sure. Everyone here is super welcoming.
0: Great, and then sort the of women's tennis team specifically, it seems like there's been a lot of growth these past few years. What have you noticed now as a junior?
7: As a junior, I think that coming from my freshman year, I think that everybody just starts started to just zone in on their game a little bit more. I think a lot of people invested a lot over the summer, and I think you can see that, especially this fall. I mean, we came out and we beat Franklin Pierce. Like I think it was like 8-1. Yeah, yeah. 8-1. We beat them 8-1. I think everybody's just... Determined, everyone wants to. um, We want to make it to Nescax this year. So Mm -hmm. they changed the rules. It usually used to be six teams for women's tennis or for tennis overall mm-hmm. and now they changed it to eight so because we're usually like the seventh team which right. kind of sucks we're right <laughs> on the right on the cutout yeah. but no we um so I think that's that's the big goal that we're working towards I think everybody especially like me included like putting a lot of hours over the summer so we can come in and be ready for the fall season ready to kick some butt <laughs> yeah, terrific
0: and obviously you know in the in the fall you have some people who are abroad and whatnot yes. I know right I think Hannah, Sweeney's Hannah Sweeney is abroad so yes. so the team gets to really see people playing at a higher level than they normally yes. would right Right.
7: Yes, Hannah Sweeney. Um, Hannah Sweeney is abroad for the women's tennis, and um, Owen Greenwood is abroad for mm-hmm. men's tennis. And I think she's in Italy. She's in Italy, I think. Florence. Florence. She's in Florence. Yes, she's in Florence, and Owen's in Beijing. And um, yeah, we definitely miss her. She's my my fellow junior. I miss her a lot. Wow. She's my th- uh, cra- partner in crime. Yeah. Um, especially Owen as well. But yeah, no. I think that I don't know. I think having not having them here is definitely super. Super weird, but I think that they're also over there training too. So when we come back, it's just going to be a powerful, powerful team here. Excellent,
0: and then um, Coach Gassengey, you touched on what yes. he brings to the table. He's a Bates alum himself, yes, had a is. lot of success here. What's it like having him as a head coach?
7: I think that I really enjoy having him, and we have him as our head coach, and Sam Woods yeah. as our assistant coach. Um, I really enjoy it. I think that he offers, like when he gives you advice, he's he's very much like um like a tennis dad. Like he, that's that's the figure that he is, and I love training with him. I like working with him personally. Um, whenever I am struggling with something, you know, we can always go to him. We can always ask him, oh, and he'll tell you right what it is, and. We'll drill it out. We'll work on it till we feel we're comfortable as well. And then um, I also enjoy working with Woods. Uh, he is also an alum, yes. so and it's also fun to just like talk to him and like because he went to Bates like, a couple years. Well, not a couple years, but, like a little, a little while ago. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, it's nice to just talk about tennis and also just like life, like they the good. Not only are they good like tennis role models, but also just life role models as well.
0: Academically, what are you studying here at Bates?
7: Well. I'm a biochem major, um, and I am gecking. I have my two gecks. I think one one's public health and the other is privacy and equity and poverty. I think mm-hmm. I believe it is. Um, but yeah, I'm a biochem major, I'm pre-med, I'm looking to go to medical school and pursue my career in dermatology, um, which is skin for people that yeah. <laughs> aren't aware. Um, but yeah, I, I like it a lot. I'm currently in biochem with Glenn Lawson. That's a fun time. Um I'm just really interested in science, I'd, I'd say. I think it's really interesting how the body works and just going down to those genetics and those chromosomes and everything. <laughs> that's something
0: you've been interested in for a long time then? It
7: like. Yes, yeah. I have. I um, This past summer, actually, I've worked closely with kids over the past couple years of my life here, but I, the past two years, I've been working at a, um, a forensic science camp, so that's super cool because I get to apply, um, I get to work with kids and also apply... Um, stuff with science so I like I like I prepare stuff for the camp like a week before and everything which is like I get to apply that to what I'm learning for example for example um, gel electrophoresis which is um, mm-hmm. a way that you can examine DNA I made the gels for the camp so then I did that in lab like last week for biochem I'm like oh I remember when I made this this summer like this is <laughs> overlapping here so yeah it's definitely super fun
0: awesome well, what are your thoughts on the fall season and what you're most looking forward to come springtime
7: I think I'm really excited. I think we have a great, great. We're gonna have a great year. I think. I think that everybody is really invested and in playing well and just giving it their all. Um, I think we had a great fall season, and tennis is kind of weird. We don't have we don't have an off season, but you know that's fine because everybody's ready. Everybody's dedicated to give their best. Like we have practice today. I'm I'm ready to get after it. Like it yeah. feels a little weird. We haven't really played a little bit over this this week we haven't been here but no I think I think it's gonna be great I really think there's gonna be great things to come from both women and men's tennis this year
0: it's time for the fifth quarter on the Bobcast with Bates head football coach Malik Hall the Bobcats fell at Williams on Saturday by a final score of 35 to 7 junior quarterback Brendan Costa tallied a rushing touchdown and a pair of young receivers had career days Coach Hall breaks down the game. You know, you got to be encouraged by some of your young receivers. Muhammad Dawara had a pretty big game, four catches, nearly a hundred yards. Christian Oliveri had a couple catches for some big gains. What are you seeing from them, from their development? These young guys who are getting some significant
8: playing time. Our big picture, we're a young team still. I, I think if you look at our sophomores and our first years who who are taking on a major major role. Um, traditionally, you're you're used to seeing juniors or seniors play those roles um, and with that with that, you gotta grow up fast you know, Oliveri being a second year player who you know, week in, week out is, did something that's been big and been good for us um, and then Dawar who, you know, came along real hot in the first game and perked a lot of people's eyes up like, wait a minute, I may have to cover this guy and so you know, he takes a while to get used to getting a little extra attention. Your first year, you would, you don't expect people to give you that much attention. Yeah. And then how to internalize that. Do you go in the jar? Uh, I'm not getting open. I'm not getting any passes, any targets. Um, and if finally, you keep working, keep working. He almost had 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, but all of that is growth in our offense. Um you can see some really flash some really good flashes of what we want to be. Um but then you you got to look at it like man why we can't be consistent at it. Um right now I attribute that right now to our youth. Um we're still a young team. Um you know the good news is those guys are getting experience. The bad news is they're getting experience without any any definitive victories, mm-hmm. right? And so it's only so many moral victories you can take mm-hmm. and there's only so many um losses you can handle before you start questioning whether you can do it or not. Um my job as the head coach is to kind of keep them locked in and give them perspective on what they're doing well yeah. and where margin of error is, is presenting itself. Jackson Hayes yeah. he has a big catch that as he's fumbling it before he falls, it ends up in the defender's hand. Well, the margin of error popped up because he had to double catch it. Mm-hmm. If he catches it when it first is first hits his hands, there's no room for the defensive guy to make a play and therefore there is no margin of error. Margin of error happens when we don't take care of the initial the initial opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so when you add into that, you know, Costa I thought play very confident. I thought um, he was very smart. I thought um, Williams did a great job in understanding that he could um, he could get loose with his feet. But what I was what I was ecstatic to see and, and proud of him more importantly, is that it wasn't breaking the pocket just to run. Mm-hmm. It was breaking the pocket to look for a re- receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was growth. That was uh, progress. Um, but we're still in the process of trying to create victories.
0: Well, you touched on the fact that you guys did move the ball. This red zone was the difference in this game, wasn't it? I mean, it comes down to it. I
8: I think, you know, if you can get the ball in the red zone five times, you would hope that you can be five touchdowns, walk away with five touchdowns. Uh, Be that as it may, we didn't. Um, And unfortunately – uh, Williams, I think, was only in the red zone three times. Mm. And so, out of the six touchdowns, it says that we're giving it up fast. It's not a drive. Yeah. Um, although, I will say, you know, the first the first offensive drive, Williams, 99, years, right? 99 yeah. 14 plays. Hats off. Everything that they did, they did well. And when we had an opportunity to sack them, pick the ball, or get a TFL, we missed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when you have a team that can go 14 plays and you you do some things to take them off schedule and you don't make that play, and they make the play, that's a blow to the gut, right? And so, um, after that, you know, we I think we were playing, you know, uh, chase after that because... When you get a blocked punt in the first mm-hmm. first series of the game and it's a touchdown, now you're 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 down and your defense never touched the field. And so and then when we touch the field, it was off of us not getting the end zone on the one and they go from the one to the other end. Um, but that's a good team.
0: Yeah.
8: And if you do not if you do not bring your focus and a high level of competitive Uh, a a high level of competitive enthusiasm on top of it, to be excited to compete against a good team. Um, Those good teams, they're excited to compete. And um, I think that was where we lost the game. I think we get in our own heads because something bad happens. And um, that's a part of a learning curve. When you have a young team who has enough talent, they have to learn how to harness the bad so they can continue to perform with the good. So this week it starts the CBB
0: series, which I, I know for you, you'd rather you know win the NESCAC every year if possible. But sure, the CBB sure. series does have a trophy involved. It's Kobe, it's Bowden, it's Bates. There's a lot of history there. All these teams are hungry for a win, right? Sure, this is sure. going to be some close games, I imagine.
8: You would hope. I think, um, you know, just dealing with Kobe as is, mm-hmm. they're a tough team. Um, they resemble us in effort quite a bit. Um, they play extremely hard. I think they have a little more size than we may have. Um, but I think we may be a little more athletic. Um, again, I, you know, somebody has to win this weekend. Why not it be the Bates Bobcats? Yeah. Um, but in terms of rivalry, rivalry is beautiful. Um, you know, I just had a conversation with one of the players, like, rivalries. Are good because of the implications with it. Um, the implications are right now just a zero and zero team, so somebody can get a, their first win. Um, the fact that it's a rival and it's in state that adds into the juice. I, but I I do have this stance is that do you think Bill Belichick gets up more for a different opponent than another? And so my thought is. Look, we understand as a rival, we will, I love the opportunity to compete in state and I love bragging rights. Um, but I, I love bragging rights over everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but with that being said, rivalry is about tradition. Yeah. Tradition is college football. Yeah. The NFL is not as traditional base. And so though I, I don't want to be remiss and confusing one for the other, um, but my thing is, I, I expect our guys to compete and to prepare for every opponent like it's a rival game, yeah. and which makes the NESCAC even more, even more, um, intriguing. is everyone you play the same. Like now, the order may change, mm-hmm. but you don't. Everyone you get to play every year, and so what makes this game a rival based on the tradition, you know. You're not gonna see Michigan and Wisconsin play every year mm-hmm. you know what I mean um but what our teams will go play every year and so you know it's funny the natural rival is the state is Bowden, mm-hmm. and I was telling our, our guys versus Amherst the way we've been playing Amherst that's kind of turned into my my personal rivalry mm-hmm. I guess yeah um because we keep letting that one get away and but all in all, rivalries are beautiful. Look, we don't prepare any different as a staff, mm-hmm. um, but we understand. Like, listen, the fan, the fan base, look, wants to win the the CBB, wants to win the state title, period. Um, and more importantly than the state title, I want to win. Yeah. And so, you know, if you look at it, they are equally important to me, um, and I want it to be equally important to our guys. The moment you put. A circumstance behind your effort. Your effort is circumstantial. Like it only comes out for mm-hmm. Kobe Bowden. I I I don't want that for our guys. Right. But I'm not I'm not by any means erasing what this means to our community. Sure.
0: All right, coach. Thanks so much and good luck against Kobe on Saturday.
8: Again, it's a great day to be a bobcat. Next time on the bait
0: bobcast. We'll recap big Senior Day cat contests for soccer, field hockey, and volleyball. Plus, the CBB series gets underway for football this Saturday at Colby. And we preview the Cats Carnival, a special event to coincide with the first night football game ever at Garcelon Field. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. I'm